This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 61, another Wisdom Wednesday. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Now, here is your host, MC Laubscher. Hello everyone, MC Lobster here and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja Wisdom Wednesday. In today's episode, we're going to discuss how the banking system works and how we can adopt the same strategies and principles in our own personal and family economy. Now, Nelson Nash, the author of Becoming Your Own Banker said, all of us needs to be in two businesses. The business that you're currently in or the business that you are employed in and the banking business. Now, what Nelson meant was not that we should start our own bank, but that we should reclaim the banking function in our own lives. Now, what does reclaiming the banking function in your own life mean? It means to run your own personal and family economy like a bank and a banking system. So for us to be able to do that, we need to learn how a bank operates and functions. And then after we learn what a bank does, adopt the same strategies and tactics of the banking system that the bank operates in our own life. So how does a bank work? This is going to be a very basic explanation of the operations of a bank just for us to be able to understand the concept of creating your own banking system. Now, the first role is the depositor, the person making a deposit into a bank. Now, why would someone deposit money into a bank? Obviously, I've talked in the podcast before about the risks of having your money in a bank, But let's focus on the conversation here. Why would someone put their money in a bank? In the past, they would put their money in a bank because the bank would pay you interest on the money that you deposited with them. Today, it basically pays nothing, but the bank provides still convenience for its customers to organize their financial lives. Like, for instance, the bank is a pretty good infrastructure for online activities like bill pay and money transfers and so forth. They also have ATMs in desirable locations that you can grab money from. And, of course, they issue you a debit card, which is connected to your money that you have deposited with them. There's also savings accounts uh, that you can have a debit card for, and then CDs and so forth. So I think the the basic principle is, is that it's convenient for us to have our money in a bank. Your employer or clients or customers can also deposit money on behalf of you into your account. The second part is, the middleman in the middle, the bank, the owners of the bank. And the owners of the bank are the stockholders uh, and the preferred shareholders. So they enjoy in the profits of the bank. The bank is profitable. These owners of the bank participate in the profits of the bank. Then on the other side, 
of the bank itself is the lending operations. The lending role includes making loans to borrowers for cars and homes and businesses and personal and business credit lines, credit cards, and more. Um, I think you get the picture. Banks love lending money. And then borrowers that the bank lends money to pay back the principal that they borrowed, and then they also pay back an interest payment to the bank. So that's usually lumped in one sum. Part of your payment is principal and a part of your payment is the interest on that loan for the money that you borrowed. So let's recap quickly. Money goes into the bank and it gets deposited through a payroll or a check that is deposited into the bank on your behalf or by you directly. You don't earn a lot, but you still get a very, very small interest and The bank does offer a lot of convenient features to assist you with your financial life. Then the money on the other side of the operations is lent out to borrowers. The personal business pays back the bank in an amount that includes the principal that they borrowed as well as interest on the money that they loaned. So let's put some easy round numbers on this just to show you how powerful this simple um, explanation or example I'm giving you really is. So let's say you deposit $10,000 in the bank account and the bank pays you 1% per year on your deposit. That's on the deposit side of this example. And on the other side, let's say there's a borrower that borrows that $10,000 from the bank and uh, the bank structures the loan to the borrower uh, so that it pays the bank 10%. So the borrower pays 10% on this $10,000 that it received through a loan from the bank. So what did the bank get for the this sort of arbitrage that they are involved in? 9%, right? You know, they pay out 1% and they make 10% on the other side. So a 9% net profit? Nope. So let's put dollar amounts on this. The bank would pay out $100 in interest to the depositor of that 1%. Then... On the other side of that, the borrower pays the bank $1,000 per year, which is 10%, on that $10,000. So stay with me for one second. So on the one side, 1% on $10,000, the depositor side. On the lender side, it's 10% on the $10,000. The profit for the bank is $900. Now, here is a very, very important point. How much money did the bank put up to make $900? And most people would say $10,000. But that's the depositor's money. The depositor deposited $10,000 into that bank. The answer is, The bank had $100 that they needed to put up and pay the depositor on that $10,000 for it to make $900. So let me recap. The bank took $100 
and they turned it into $1,000, and then they created $900 in profit. Guys, that's a 900% return. And that's why the banks have the biggest buildings, and that's why the lights are on, and everybody, <laughs> everybody's smiling in there. So clearly you can see the operations of a bank is extremely profitable. If you didn't follow along, please listen to this again because I think it's extremely important to know how powerful it is to apply these principles in your own financial life. Now, in this example, the owner of the banking system had a 900% return. That's pretty good. So, also, please note that this example did not include fractional reserve banking, which means basically that the bank could have lent out $100,000 on the $10,000 they have in deposits. And again, I'm being very generous. We'll get to uh, the reserve ratios that banks have right now. But let's just say it tends, it's 10 times the amount for argument's sake and not to confuse people with a lot of math, but you could have added another zero to that and you would have had a 9,000% return. So I'd mention a reserve ratio. Now, what is a reserve ratio? The reserve ratio is the portion of the depositor's balances that the banks must have on hand as cash. So this is a requirement determined by the country's central bank, which in the United States, it's the Federal Reserve. So the reserve ratio affects the money supply in a country at any given time. The reserve ratio of banks also depend on the bank's net loans, and the Federal Reserve measures this with net transactions. So as of January 21st, 2016, which is actually my birthday, January 21st, the reserve ratio for the depository institution with less than 15.2 million deposits is 0%. So they don't even have reserves. If the net transactions are between 15.2 million and 110.2 million, the reserve ratio is 3%. If the net transactions are higher than 110.2 million, the reserve ratio is 10%. The majority of the banks in the United States fall into the loss category. So, guys, you can see how powerful this is. I used a very basic example, even without fractured reserve banking. And even in the res fractured reserve banking example, I used a 10% reserve ratio. And you can clearly see that there's a lot of banks that even have a lower reserve ratio than that. So banks are very, very profitable institutions if you look at really the, the basics uh, of their operations and the principles that they employ in generating a return for themselves. This is some of the key secrets that the wealthiest families in the world know. And yes, of course, some of them have real banks as well. But they adopt and implement the principles of a banking system in their own personal and family economy. Now, when you implement the system, you are essentially going to take over the system and take on all of the roles. So you are going to be the depositor, 
Remember, where does the money come from? You're going to deposit it into your system. It could be income from your job. It could be income streams from cash flow, business, investments. It could be money previously directed towards a 401k or an IRA that can now be used to direct into your own banking system. And then in the middle, you are the owner of this banking system and you enjoy the profits. And on the other side, which is the lending side, you also become the borrower from your banking system and borrow to leverage your capital and create more cash flow income streams. So you can borrow the money from your banking system to invest in investments and assets like real estate businesses, commodities, paper and digital assets. And the money in your bank can also be borrowed for emergencies, college for your children and grandchildren, and even a vacation. You set the payment terms and the payback schedule for yourself to pay back yourself and your own banking system to ensure that the money flows back into your banking system. So that's at the heart and core of your whole financial and wealth plan is your own banking system. Money is always flowing into it, being captured, and then flowing out to be leveraged and used to create more income streams, investing in cash flow businesses and investments. So the system is going to discipline you to save more money. It's going to really discipline you to make better decisions because you are depositing the money and earning interest, which gives you a baseline to make financial decisions on. So it forces you really to be disciplined because when you look at an investment, you can look at the internal rate of return that the money that you deposit is receiving and if for instance the real estate or business or investment opportunity does not make sense as far as creating profitable arbitrage meaning if you leverage the money and you don't get a significant better return then what you're getting from your internal right of return why would you pursue the opportunity in the first place so it really keeps you in line it gives you a good baseline to be very disciplined in your decision making and also the philosophy here at the cash flow ninja is investing in cash flow businesses and investments so we try and look how quickly that cash flow from the investments and businesses are going to flow back into my banking system if you guys have listened to previous shows we want this to be immediately the business and the investment needs to produce income streams from day one we then look at also how quickly these income streams can pay off this loan in your own banking system so I wanted to cash flow and I wanted to pay back that loan as quickly as possible and I want to redeploy my money as quickly as possible again from my banking system to find other assets and business opportunities and investments to create more income streams. So in the very broad, big picture, it forces you to become a better saver and a better business person and a better investor. Only being the depositor in the system, guys, it's not going to make you rich. It's not going to make you poor either, but it's definitely not going to make you rich.
just being the borrower in this system is also not a shortcut to getting rich. And I will say this, you have to have a really high level financial IQ to be able to become rich by just being the borrower in real estate businesses and investments. It's not impossible, but the average person will get clobbered if they try to do this. So this is for entrepreneurs and investors that know how to leverage debt to become rich. So it's a different level game. That's a very, very high level game. That's what people like Robert K. Saki do, does. Um, previous guest Gina Lofton spoke about how she uses and leveraged debt to become wealthier and richer. So the power is in owning and controlling the entire system. So let me repeat that. The power is in owning and controlling the system, all aspects of the banking system. So can you get a better return as a depositor somewhere? Probably. Can you borrow money at a lower rate than what you determine your own payback terms and schedule is? Probably, but you don't own and control your system and you don't redirect all of the cash flow flowing through your personal and family economy into your own economy and you don't capture it. So as you know, the strategy that allows you to implement the system that I teach is the infinite banking concept strategy that uses the vehicle of a specially designed dividend paying whole life insurance policy with a mutual company. And because of this vehicle, the system is also private no one knows about this. It's not public information. It's a private contract between you and the insurance company. And no one knows of the loans that you take from the system because it's not reported to credit bureaus. It also offers asset protection in most states. Please check with your legal advisor. And the growth inside this vehicle is tax-free and the distribution if done through correct strategies, are tax-free. The amount of leverage and velocity it offers is also unbelievable. And that's why this vehicle is a perfect vehicle to implement the strategy. When you borrow money from your banking system as well, you don't borrow it directly from yourself like a 401k or an IRA. You borrow it from insurance companies and the, more specific, the general account of the insurance company. So it is a separate transaction from your capital, just like in the banking system that I explained earlier. So your money that you deposit keeps on growing as it's never been touched, and you get to leverage your capital and create more cash flow income streams. I mean, you really get to have your cake and eat it too. So... This is why this specialized vehicle of life insurance is used. There's not another vehicle that you can use, uh, to my knowledge, as part of your banking system that captures your wealth and allows you to leverage that captured wealth to go and create more wealth. So I've spoken about the wealth blueprint of the money masters in a previous episode. The six pillars are mindset, plan, network, wealth capture system, which is your own banking system, and wealth strategies and giving. Now, after investing in your mindset, and you, of course, you continue to do so, and 
after you've created your plan and then fostered relationships and build a team to help you implement your plan, you need to increase your income and then direct that income into your own banking system and then leverage that banking system through wealth strategies to create more income streams from cash flow businesses, assets, and investments, and then redirect those flows back into your system and then do it all over again, leverage it again, uh, and find more deals in businesses, investments, and cash flow assets to create more income streams for yourself. So the idea here is to keep your money working and have it work for you as hard as possible and as many times as possible. It's really a perpetual wealth strategy that allows you to reclaim the banking function in your life infinitely. That's our show for today, everyone. If you're interested in creating your own wealth capture system and implement the infinite banking concept strategy in your own personal family and business economy, you can email me at info at cashflowninja.com and put IBC in the heading, and I will send you a copy of Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. You have been listening to the Cashflow Ninja with your host, MC Laubscher, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Today's show notes and resources are available on our website, CashflowNinja.com. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objective, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness. 